Tuesday to you. Welcome to the 4th and 9 Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carr. What a great game. What a great game. Whew, man, I tell you what, that one, uh, that was a, it was a 10 out of 10, uh, on the, on the worry meter. It reminded me a lot of the Raiders game, Raiders game. There was a lot less scoring involved, but I was, uh, the pucker factor was definitely there. And if you weren't standing watching that game and your pulse wasn't pounding, uh, I, I don't know what you're. What you're looking for as far as, as, as a football game. That was absolutely awesome. Absolutely awesome. Another another year, another uh, Dallas Cowboys team put to sleep <laughs> for, the, for the remainder of the season. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Dak and uh, company. Thanks for showing up. Uh, that defense was pretty ferocious and I mean what else do you say what else do you say they they did a great job uh, initially against Brock Purdy in the offense they <clears throat> got a lot of pressure uh, with their with their um, their down linemen uh, and you know made made it a game in the first half uh, kind of like what I expected was going to happen, and then, uh, you know, we end up winning by a score, uh, nineteen to twelve. And uh, I mean, I I expected that the Forty ers would cover the four. I just feel like the Forty ers just a better team at this point. They're more uh, consistent, obviously, than than the Dallas Cowboys are. Uh, what else can you say? Uh, you know, rain Dakota Prescott has uh, rained down his his interceptions on us again. Uh, two picks on the day for Dak Prescott. Uh, Tony Pollard goes out second quarter with a high ankle sprain, and the rest, as they say, folks, is history. 49ers, like I said, had a had a rough go of it in the beginning, but in the second half, really kind of started to take control of the game offensively and defensively. Made a bunch of key stops, and offensively just kind of started to to have their way. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and uh, you know that was all she wrote. That was all she wrote. How about that final play by Dallas? That was uh that was pretty crazy. Big, big hit by uh by Jimmy Ward. I think he just couldn't wait to get out there and 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 lay out on somebody. Uh, you know, really really knock him out. And uh he did all of that. It was it was fantastic. Excellent tackle, perfect form. It was awesome. Um, but man, now what guys now? Well, 
now you know what. Now we're back in the NFC Championship game. And we're playing a team that's really kind of similar. Similar to us. Similar to the Cowboys. And I have heard already already well first of all let's let's just get this part out of the way i've heard from a lot of dallas fans and of course any 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 uh dallas fan uh after the game the first thing out of their mouth was yeah well you know uh now you got to go play philly good luck with that you know like kind of like like well, wait a minute they're in the same division as you are. So, you know, like, it's it's not as if Philadelphia is unbeatable. If I'm not mistaken, they did lose to the Washington Commanders. Not to say that the Commanders are the worst team in the league. I'm just saying, come on. Come on, guys. Uh but yeah, so let's let's just kinda like let's talk about the game. Let's talk about this huge rivalry game against the Dallas Cowboys and then you know, a little bit later we'll we'll go back to you know, this 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 coming uh this weekend's NFC championship game and give you some of my thoughts and, and we'll really we'll really nail things down on Thursday. Uh, <clears throat> how I feel, you know, give you a prediction for a score and everything that, uh, like that. But first and foremost, best part about yesterday's game is everybody comes out and, and there are no injuries. There are no major injuries for the 49ers. Chris, Christian McCaffrey has a, has a calf. But apparently, Christian McCaffrey has a calf that he's he's been dealing with that calf for quite some time. Uh, it's just been an, an, a nagging kind of injury. They put some heat on it in the on the sideline. He was doing some stretches, and uh, basically didn't didn't appear to to be a huge factor. Uh, you did see a little bit more of Elijah Mitchell yesterday, which is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing because I think the closer that they get to a, you know, 60-40 split as far as touches for McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell, I think the better. Keeps both guys, number one, it keeps Mitchell engaged and it feeling like he's contributing to the game plan, and then number two, it keeps McCaffrey from having to carry the load so much. Uh I I'm I kind of misjudged Dallas a little bit. I'm not gonna be, uh, you know, I'm not gonna be one of those guys that tells you I was I was 100 percent right when I was not 100 percent right. I I felt like we would run the ball. More, I was actually a little bit disappointed that we couldn't get the running game going in the first half of this game. 
and it was it was very close. I was a you know at half we go in and it's it's you know knotted up and that's not necessarily a terrible thing. That's that just was how close the game was. It was, it was very very hairy there in the beginning. And it was because because Brock Purdy could not uh could not roll to his right. They were making him roll left a lot, kind of throwing the ball across his body and uh wasn't able to to elude the Dallas defenders the way he he has been eluding Dallas defenders, you know, really just defenders in general. So they had a good game plan. <clears throat> Dan Quinn's been doing, you know, the defensive coordinator thing for for a little while. So he's gonna win. He's gonna win some of those battles for sure. And uh, he had a plan. He had a plan for us. And uh, in the first half, I think he was mostly successful. Mostly successful. Uh, second half. Um, Kind of, kind of started off rough for both teams again. Just the defenses played lights out. That was that was the main takeaway from this. As Dallas's defense is a lot better than their offense, and uh, I guess as a Niners fan and just as a fan of football, period, I can give Dallas a little bit of credit. That I'll give them more credit than I was, I guess, giving them last week. I thought that this game might get out of hand it obviously did not do that we won by a score which to me when you when you win by seven or more that that's you're the better team when you win by three that's just to me winning by a field goal or less is it's kind of like a coin flip that could be anybody you know what i'm saying this a w is a w nobody's going to take that away from you but just in it, optically how that looks is is one so lower scoring affair. If it's uh, if it's lower, you know, if you lose by three or less, you know, that's that was more of a toss up game. You know, probably closer than you know, kind of a pick 'em kind of thing. But we were we were slated at four, uh, you know, four points, and and we beat them by seven. So. I would say, obviously, the better team won. And I actually was listening. I don't exactly remember who it was. I'd love to remember because I'd love to give this person credit. But they're talking about, I think it's Dave Lombardi. And he's talking about DVOA against opponents and how DVOA is a better predictor of who will win a game? Uh, then, uh, and and last weekend, it was, you know, a hundred percent. It was all the teams with the higher DVOAs won their game. So, that being said, I want all my Niners fans and just fans of football in general to keep one thing in mind. Since Christian McCaffrey 
has has started for San Francisco. The 49ers DVOA is number one. There's nobody higher. So what does that tell you? <laughs> it tells you, I believe Dallas's DVOA was like, uh, I mean, I might have these numbers flip-flopped because I don't have this stuff right in front of me. But I believe Dallas's was like three. And I'm pretty sure that Philly's is five. And I may have those flip-flopped. Philly could be three. And and Dallas could be five. I would I would you can double check me on that. Either way, folks, one is always is always higher than three or five. So I'd rather come in first than third or fifth every single time. Like I said, it was it was a hundred percent accurate this this weekend. Every team that had to hire DVOA. Won their game, and it's it's supposed to be like one of the best predictors for who's going to win any particular game. So, like I said, 49ers, since since Christian McCaffrey has come on the team, DVOA number one, number one. So. That is, uh, and yes, higher, higher than Patrick Mahomes, higher than all of all of the teams, AFC teams. It's just all the teams in the NFL in general. 49ers, number one, and it's not close. It's not close. So, I mean, like I said, if we're using the DVOA model, I mean, we might as well just. I'm not even gonna say it, guys. I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it. We play the games for a reason. But I'll tell you, uh, <laughs> Dallas. Dallas did some good things. I think the thing that hurt Dallas the most in our game was the two, the two, uh, the two picks. They were and they were both pretty bad. Pretty bad picks. Not not your just you know, like a tip ball or something like that. But these are just one was just, just trying to I don't even know. Like the very first pick he threw to to uh the Amador Lenore, I just I don't even know what he was throwing to. Like I don't know how he didn't see that the other you know, the, the D B was was gonna come trotting down and the ball was was inside and it probably should have been outside towards the sideline and Diamador Lenore just he was just there he was there and you know he just he caught the ball man he just went in there and he put his hands on and uh it was it was something else he just That's what happens when you make big plays for the 49ers. You get all the cheers on the field. And uh, this is probably what Dallas fans probably felt like. Not happy. Not happy at all.
They were very upset. It was sad. But it is what it is, right? We we talked about in the last pod, you know, exactly what, what Dakota's problem is. And Dakota's problem is that he's inconsistent. And, you know, I, I was thinking about that game because I've already started to hear the chirps. And, yes, I'm saying chirps because, you know, the uh, – the Eagles fans have already started to chirp at me and say, oh, yeah. Even some of the Cowboys fans, have, you know, <laughs> their team loses and, and gets knocked out of the playoffs by the 49ers and they turn around. And their only real recourse and, and, and answer to that is, oh, yeah, well, wait till you play Philly. Like, like that's supposed to scare me as a 49ers fan. Oh, God, you're going to go play Philly. Who cares? I'm not saying Philly's not a good team. I'm just saying don't don't sit and say Philly is infallible, right? Because I, I drew this drew this uh, comparison as well as Dak played against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? And everybody was ready to crown Dak and be like, "Oh, he really turned the corner!" And just look at how good. This offense looks, they're, they're playing so great. Dak is the man, you know, Dak is, he's finally going to put his name out in the annals of, you know, uh, NFL stardom. <laughs> and, and, and he, he did, but for the wrong reason, he's the guy who's making $40 million a year and, and throwing picks in big spots and getting knocked out. Of the uh, NFC playoffs, that's that's what Dak Prescott's going to be known for. But looked like world beaters against Tampa, and Tampa is just a lesser team; they're just not as good. So I had the same thoughts when I watched Philly play and beat up on the poor Giants. I mean, the Giants looked like they were. Like, they shouldn't even be on the same field as the Eagles. And I got to thinking, like, wow. I have not trusted the Giants. I have not. I did not trust the the Minnesota Vikings. So when the Giants beat the tar out of the Vikings, I figured, okay. So obviously they're better than the Vikings because the Vikings, to me, had been frauds the entire season. I mean... You win 13 games, but 11 of your games are, are by a point. What, like from one to three points, 11 games. That's, again, going back to the coin toss thing. Like it's You're not necessarily better than that team. To me, when you win by one or three, it's it's just, hey, you, you happen to outlast that team or the ball bounced your way. That's That's how that is. It's a coin flip. That's all it is. It's just the football gods smiled on you that day. And then I watched them play Philly, and Philly just, I mean, really, Philly looked looked good. They did look good. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that they looked bad, but what I will say is is this. For as good as Philly looked, the Giants looked horrible. 
You know, it was it was as if they played a completely different game plan. You know what I'm saying? But it's because they stepped up the competition. And Philadelphia is a better team than the Vikings are. Defensively, offensively, they're just better. And that's why they looked, you know, like world beaters. So then when they come and play, you know, the Giants, they come and play Philadelphia and they get railroaded. And and the Giants fans are going, oh, my God, man, look at this Eagles team. They are just, they're unstoppable. Well, they're not really unstoppable. Your team just was not really good. And that's that's pretty much how it works. So, like I said, for all of you, let's just go down the list, shall we? Seahawks fans, Cowboys fans, Vikings fans, uh, <laughs> Giants fans that want to come at me and say, yeah, well, wait till you play the Eagles. Well, I'm going to tell you, yeah, wait until I play the Eagles. The, the Eagles are, they're finally going to meet a team that's their equal and or better than they are. So how great are the Eagles going to look? Because like I said, think about how great they were supposed to look, the Cowboys. Offensively, it wasn't that great. Defense, they played really good. I thought they played. They had, they had a really, really good game plan for Brock. They came in there. They rushed the passer. You know, they they caused problems for a while. And then finally, uh, Kyle Shanahan decided that, oh, hey, man, uh, we we run the ball really, really well. And so he decided to, to finally start doing that. And then when he did that, he doubled down on it in the second half. Lo and behold, 49ers put their scoring drives together. Lo and behold, 49ers are able to just mash and dash and take, you know, just take the time off the clock while Dallas has to just watch and wait in anger. And they finally get the ball back with no timeouts and, you know, like a minute, minute and three seconds left in the game and got to go try to drive the field and score. That's what we do. That's what we do to people. We we take really good teams and make them look really pedestrian and then beat them by a touchdown or better. I'm going to save my prediction for Thursday for this game against Philadelphia, but I'm just saying to you guys now, all this talk, all this talk about how great Philly is, I'm telling you, look at Go watch the games and watch who they played and watch when they played decent competition. Go watch when they played Dallas. Um, you know, and, and watch the defense against the offense. You know what I'm saying? Like if and I don't even I don't even really know how that all turned out, but it just I think that's a better indication of like when they go beat, you know, for when Philly lost to the commanders. Why? Why would they lose to the commanders? And they got they got pounded. <laughs> they got pounded by the commanders. Maybe they took them lightly. I'm not 100% sure what, what the deal is there. But watch the game. Watch the game. If there's two things that Philly is bad at, one of them is stopping the run. 
Philadelphia's DVOA is ranked 21st in the league for stopping the run. And they're 21st in the league against like third, fourth receivers or running backs. I mean, talk about a a recipe for for success for San Francisco because it kind of plays right into our wheelhouse exactly what we kind of want to do. Again, this is going to be one of those things. Niners are going to want to run the ball again. Limit the mistakes from Brock Purdy. And for the most part, Brock has been he's been on point. He's been on point and he has he has not turned the ball over. So while we're talking about all this stuff, let's just let's just talk about what, what how about some game balls for for this Dallas game. I would like to give out some game balls for all all of the all the defensive line because it takes a village sometimes and I'm telling you we might not have had many sacks but I mean I don't think without the pressure and getting in Dak's face that that he gets he throws those two picks without Bosa and Ebucom and, and those guys getting up in his grill. They were stopping people in the backfield. I mean, the defensive line was phenomenal. Even Javon Kinlaw. Javon Kinlaw, Eric Armstead, all those guys causing all kinds of havoc, getting in people's faces, pushing people backwards. Um, just played played a phenomenal game. Brock Purdy gets another game ball again this week because Brock is just steady. Steady Eddie and just does what they're asking him to do. The moment doesn't seem like it's too big for him. Uh, <laughs> if we're just the more I think about the the further that we get, the more you have to start to question what are we going to do with Trey Lance if this continues, if Brock continues to play this way. What do you do with Trey Lance? Because I don't, I don't know that I have the answer. Uh, but that's that's a conversation for another day. Also, you know, the uh, let's let's just give one to Diamador Lenore because man, he that kid, like I say, he he has quietly put together. Two playoff games, two playoff interceptions, and nobody's talking about it. Nobody's talking about it. It's crazy to me. It's crazy to me. The guy who we thought was going to be like probably our biggest liability, you know, (laughs) and who knew (laughs) that it it might be Charverius Ward. (laughs) He is. uh, He's played. He played well. He played well yesterday. Um, I I do wish just just from a defensive standpoint, I do wish that that Ward they would make him carry with the best receiver because that seems to be when when Dallas was was doing their best was when they would when they would move C.D. Lamb and put him put him on the outside against Diamador Lenore. That was a little bit of a mismatch and. 
it was a uh, it was a little frustrating to watch, but I mean, for the most part, they held it all together. Uh, Fred Warner, game ball, really the linebackers in general, because they just were all over the field. Whether it was Aziz Alshair, whether it was Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner taking C.D. Lamb down the seam and and block, you know, breaking up passes. It was just, it was phenomenal. Obviously, uh, D'Amico Ryans, because that guy's got a lot of stuff going on. He's got a lot on his plate. He's He's got to be thinking about his future. Uh, but he gets a game ball, not just because of the game plan, but really he gets, he gets a game ball because he has t- two NFL coaching interviews on oh actually I think he had four scheduled for Saturday and he goes to two and then the other two he cancels because he's got he's got stuff to do he's got uh, I've got a game to think about and that is you know nothing speaks team louder than that to me you know the coach giving up I mean we're talking about his future he may not even be with the team next year, right? He he's he's going to be, hopefully, maybe going somewhere else. And I don't say hopefully; I mean for him. I, I'm, you know, as as much as I would hate to lose D'Amico Ryan's, I'm fully on board with D'Amico taking a, a head coaching job because I feel like the man deserves it, and and he has worked his his butt off to get to where he is. But <laughs> that all being said, he said. No, no Arizona. He said, no Indianapolis. I got a game. I got a huge game against the Dallas Cowboys. And I had to get my guys ready. I, like, awesome. I don't even, like, I don't even have real super strong, like, like, I can't even put into words how awesome that is. You know, that's, that is why guys go out there and lay their, their bodies on the line for D'Amico. It's because of the respect and because, he has their back, and and they know it. And it's an awesome thing. It's an awesome thing. That's that's the one thing I think I like the most about the 49ers coaching staff is that they they coach so hard, but they bring the type of players that that respond to that type of coaching. Like because some people are soft. Let's just be a hundred percent. Just be 100 with one another. Some people are soft, and you got to treat them and teach them and talk to them a certain type of way. Our guys are not like that. Our guys are are, are very unselfish. Our guys work super hard. Our guys know their roles. You know, they're not afraid to do the dirty work. I mean, it's a thing of beauty. It is a thing of beauty, guys. That is uh, that is it for today's pod. Uh, man, I probably could sit here and talk another hour, but I know you guys are probably getting, getting a little, getting a little fatigue, uh, from listening to me drone on and on. We're going to talk some more about these, uh, these Eagles on Thursday. Chris Carr with the fourth and nine podcast guys. Yeah.